Happy Father's Day to all my fathers out there. And I'm not talking about father figures or people um, who've filled in for fathers. Much respect. But right now I want to say Happy Father's Day to all of you actual fathers. To those of you who got married and had children and were there for those children. Perhaps you even had a child that you weren't expecting or planning on. And you did not abort that child, nor did you abandon that child. Happy Father's Day to you. I'm known as James. I'm known as BCP. But I can tell you that the two titles that I hold with pride, I know pride's a sin, is that of mi amor, when my wife of over 26 years calls me any term of endearment, especially in Spanish, the sexiest and most beautiful language on the planet. And because she has made it possible that there are four sentient beings on this earth that call me dad, daddy, papi, papa. That is the best. To be play a small part in God's plan, which revolves around families. And everything that we're seeing, folks, is a destruction of the family around us. We must be stalwart. We must be strong. We must push back against a satanic agenda to confuse our children and their roles. Boys grow up to be men and fathers. Girls grow up to be women and mommies. That's it. Now, of course, there are some people, because of medical issues or what have you, can't bear children, but they can always adopt. They can adopt those children that otherwise would have been aborted. Happy Father's Day to all of you men who stepped up to that role. All right, let's get into some news. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power. All right, folks, I'm hoping to be about 95, maybe to close to 100% uh, by tomorrow. Not quite there, but I'm doing a lot better. But I'm still going to hide off camera for most of this. I'm just in that post-nasal, blow-your-nose-every-couple-hours. That's where I'm at. Saturday's episode, I got a question from Miss Linda M. Mick. And she asks, she's a patron, a fairly new patron on uh, Patreon. Thank you, Miss Linda M. Mick, for joining our family. Her question was, someone has reported that feds are requiring Trump not to use his own attorneys on Mar-a-Lago case, but he is being forced to use deep state attorneys who have security clearances to see his declassified docs. Can this be verified? I let Linda know yesterday, great question, that I will address this in the next episode. Well, this is the next episode, so let me address that now. There's two things happening here, Linda and family. Big hug to all of y'all, and I appreciate all of you who support us. There's a couple of things happening here. Let's talk about the security clearance because this is not unusual. It is common in criminal cases involving classified documents for defense attorneys to have to obtain a security clearance. That's not out of the ordinary. Now, obviously, what's out of the ordinary is that they're going after Trump with this, but it is common criminal, it is common practice in criminal cases 
involving classified documents that the defense attorneys secure a security clearance. Now, what happened is U.S. District Court Judge Eileen Cannon, one of the first steps she's taken, and this happened on Thursday in, in President Trump's prosecution, she, she issued a brief order requiring all attorneys in the case, all the, uh, and not, not just for Trump. Remember, he also has his longtime valet, uh, Walt uh, Nauda, who's also charged alongside him as a supposed co-conspirator. So in this brief order, Judge Eileen Cannon, by the way, a Trump appointee, charged everyone that's involved in the case to contact the Justice Department about obtaining security clearances. That also goes for any forthcoming attorneys, the judge said. Okay, so it's not that he is forced to fire his attorneys and use deep state ones. It's that everyone that's that is defense attorneys in this case must get that clearance. Now, there's another thing going on as well, and perhaps, uh, Linda, someone was conflating these two things, but as I've reported on this show over the last year plus, every time Trump gets an attorney, those attorneys are being harassed, disbarred, and they're having their careers ruined. We've seen this happen to big people, big attorneys, like friend to President Trump and America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is pretty funny because he was a U.S. attorney, right? That's how it works. Now, interestingly enough, why this might be conflated is because Harvard attorney Alan Dershowitz published a report on Thursday on the Gatestone Institute webpage. And he discussed the challenges that President Trump is, is facing in defending himself against all of these ridiculous, frivolous charges by the communist left. And this is what Dershowitz said. He said there's a disturbing suggestion that among the reasons lawyers are declining the case is because they fear legal and career reprisals. For instance, there's this group that calls itself the 65 Project, and its goal is to intimidate lawyers into not representing Trump or anyone associated with him. And they have actively threatened to file bar charges against any such lawyer. Now, it's interesting because um, Alan Dershowitz actually penned an op-ed offering to defend pro bono any lawyer that the 65 Project goes after. By the way, the 65 Project uh, says that they are upholding democracy. Like true Marxists, they mock words and do the exact opposite. Because remember, in a this democratic form of government we have in the United States, we have a republic and we have certain constitutionally guaranteed rights, like the right to counsel and that we're innocent until proven guilty. And we need attorneys for that. But of course, President Trump is guilty before proven innocent. Well, he's guilty even if proven innocent. So here's the crazy thing. Alan Dershowitz wrote an op-ed offering to defend pro bono lawyers that the 65 Project goes after. So the 65 Project went after him and contrived a charge based on a case in which he was a constitutional consultant, not even the attorney. But it was designed to send a message to potential Trump lawyers. 
that if you defend Trump or anyone associated with him, we will target you and find something to charge you with. Now, the lawyers that Alan Dershowitz talked to were very aware of the 65 Project and how their career is on the line if they step up to defend President Trump. But this is this is a problem that President Trump is having. People going after the attorneys, disbarring them and making their life um, living hell. Now, good lawyers, they generally like to take on a challenge, especially high-profile cases. But taking on President Trump is different because they go after their careers. Now, it's very interesting because our system of justice, according to Alan Dershowitz, and he is a constitutional expert, and even though I have mixed feelings about Dershowitz, I do applaud how he's stalwart in his defense of the Constitution and constitutional rights. But he says it's based on the John Adams standard. John Adams was also attacked for defending the British soldiers accused of the Boston Massacre. But he re- he represented these accused killers and it now serves as a symbol of the Sixth Amendment to counsel, the, 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 which gives us the right to counsel. And now that symbol is being endangered. Check this out. Trump's lawyers are now alleging that one of the prosecutors had suggested to Stanley Woodward, the lawyer for Waltine uh, Nada, Trump's co-defendant in the case, that his application for judgeship may be negatively affected if he persists in defending Nada vigorously rather than encouraging him to cooperate against Trump. Once again, if this is true, and Alan Dershowitz says he's not even sure if it is, but it does represent a direct attack on the Sixth Amendment. That is how these treasonous, traitorous, rat bastards operate. They don't care about the law. They don't care about law tradition. They don't care about the Constitution. And that is where we find ourselves today, folks. That is where we find ourselves today. So, excellent question, Miss Linda Mick. Big hug to you and yours. Appreciate you being part of our family, having joined uh, as a patron in May uh, last month. Okay, there's a lot of news items I want to cover here, folks, and it's kind of a grab bag. You can back on YouTube when I would do, I would record a Saturday night uh, segment uh, for Sunday. Uh, and I would call it the weekend roundup, and that's what I'm doing here. It's uh, getting very late uh, Saturday uh, evening, but uh, I, I, I just there's so many stories that I that I want to share and analyze with you. So these are in no particular order. I may be jumping around. I want to show you what James uh, Jamie Comer, James Comer said uh, a few days ago. Once again, that's the uh, James Comer. As uh, as the House Oversight Chairman, he was talking to Maria Bartiromo, and she wanted him to put a number, a number, to the amount of payments paid to the Biden crime mafia. Okay, before we go there, this is a crime family, okay. Because a lot of people are getting paid. For what? Why are they getting paid millions of dollars? So far, we know that there are nine implicated in this corruption, okay? Let's go to these nine, folks. One, we know, is Hunter Biden. Two, we know, James Biden, all right? 
But now we also know it's Sarah Biden, Hallie Biden, Kathleen Biden, Melissa Biden, and then there's a niece or nephew, which would be uh, person number seven, a niece or nephew, which would be person number eight, and person number nine is a grandchild. Now, you'll notice I didn't say Joe Biden in there. They're not that stupid, generally, to have the money go directly to the person. I One of the most viral videos I did back in my early days in YouTube, this had to be 2017. It was in the first year. I remember distinctly. I've, I think I mentioned it before for those of you who listen to the show daily. This is a video I made on a Friday or Saturday night where my children were having a party. And I literally made this... Um, <clears throat> I, I made this... <laughs> It's funny now, almost embarrassing, but not really. It, it had like 500,000 plus views. And the party was so loud that I couldn't do it from my office, which was, uh, we, this is our previous home. It was a two-story home. Well, so is this home, but it was a two-story home. And we had I had our master bedroom and then I had my office um, downstairs at the, when we first started doing the show. And then I moved it upstairs. But it was so loud that I couldn't do it in my office. I couldn't do it in my master bedroom, I had to do it all the way at the very other end of our master bedroom where our bathroom suite is, and we had a jacuzzi tub, and I literally did it holding my phone sitting on the edge of the jacuzzi tub, and as I was looking you know, into the phone talking, sometimes it would dip and you could see the tub. It was kind of funny. It actually had a nice background because of the black splash and what have you, but when I tipped it down, you could see that I was sitting on the edge of, of our, you know, our, our big sunken uh, uh, jacuzzi tub, and it was just funny. It was funny. There a lot of comments there, but Anyway, this is the unfiltered show, folks. It's the weekend. I'm feeling good. So, pardon moi on my uh, little uh, divergent, uh, tangential uh, comments here. But that was a very viral video. And I talked about how the elites funnel money, how they launder money. When you're in banking, you have to do these ABA courses every year in which you have to certify yourself that you're aware of how money's laundered, how, you know, you take this course every single year in banking. So I've taken the course dozens of times, right? Maybe not dozens of times, but over a dozen times maybe. I don't know how many. All my years in, 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 in banking. And I talked about how, you know, they layer the funds and they, they call it cleaning, uh, uh, lavando, or we call it laundering, excuse me, in English. Because you take the dirty money and you try to make it clean by putting it into legitimate accounts or what have you, but you do it through a, a, a circuitous route. So that's what happens here. The money doesn't go to Joe Biden. It's going to go to his family. I mean, it's going to nieces and nephews, grandchildren, Melissa, Kathleen, Hallie, Sarah, James, and Hunter. They money. They launder money through art. They money. They launder money through real estate transactions, through things of high value. That they can just get someone to appraise and say, here's the value. So there you have it. So what did James Comer tell Maria Bartiromo right before the weekend is the uh, number that they expect to uncover. Watch this. If this is all true about a sitting president when he was vice president, influence peddling, accepting money from uh, foreign nationals so that he could turn around and, and, and make changes in policy uh, for America so he could pocket the money. If that's true, why isn't he impeached already? And if it's true that the FBI is doing nothing about it, why isn't Christopher Wray on his heels as well? 
those are great questions I ask every day. Look, Christopher Ray uh, has no control over the FBI. One thing that I've learned from dealing with Grassley's whistleblowers is that this is an an organization in disarray. No one has confidence in leadership at the top. You have bureaucrats, deep state bureaucrats who are running the show. They're partisan. They want to get Donald Trump. Uh, they don't care what Joe Biden does because Joe Biden can be controlled. All right. I'm going to show you my sick face on camera for this one. Do you understand? Did you hear what James Comer just said? Chris Ray is not in charge. Deep state folks are in charge. And they are not worried about Biden because they know how to handle him. Even the people at the top, according to James Comer, are puppets. How could that be? I thought 81 million people wanted Joe Biden. Now, I saw a comment on one of my videos. Don't know which one it is. Otherwise, I'd give you credit for it. And of course, they said that Don Bongino said this. And of course, we've mentioned it uh, on this show in the past. But Dan Bongino probably did a whole segment on it. I don't watch his show. He's great. and I like him. But uh, I don't watch other people's show because I like to. I don't like to parrot other people. I don't. I like to have my own style. We're all reading the same news and we're we analyze it. And often, more often than not, almost always, we, I'm sure many of my colleagues. I consider my. I consider Dan Bongino a colleague of mine. We don't work together, but we're in the same space. We come to the same conclusions because if you're logical and you're based on principles like the Constitution, honesty, morality, freedom, liberty, then you're going to come to many of the same conclusions because you have the same you have the same core beliefs and principles. That all of this is to. According to this comment, Dan Mangino made made the argument that all this, of course, <clears throat> is to protect Obama because he, as a president, was over policy, not Joe Biden. And yes, of course, Obama had ultimate authority. He still does. It's him and Soros and those guys that are running the show right now. But let's not forget, when it comes to Ukraine especially, Joe Biden was given that. Like, that, the, the, like Joe Biden has supposedly given... Kamala Harris, the title of border czar and looking over what's happening at the border, kind of like that, Obama gave, made Ukraine the purview of Joe Biden. Of course, Obama knew that he was making money. Of course, he knew that it was a money laundering thing. That was a thank you he gave to Joe Biden, uh, supposedly, uh, who knows, for assisting with the misnomer Affordable Care Act or whatever. He, he let him have his own little Clinton uh, moneymaker. I'm going to jump back off camera so you can see my my uh, my lack of sleep face because it's hard to sleep when you're coughing. But actually, I sleep pretty well. I got to take that back because uh, Vicks Vaporub on the feet with um, socks works miracles. And my wife's been making me this great brocoline uh, tea, this uh, honey and eucalyptus and lemon tea. So I'm doing really well. It's just that I get these sudden coughs. Do you understand that James Comer is saying here, Chris Ray is not in charge. It's deep staters who are in charge. And they also control Biden, the supposed president of the United States. 
That's a huge little comment he made as a throwaway comment. But if you stop to actually analyze and listen to it, <clears throat> it's not revelatory, but it's still pretty damn profound. Look, Christopher Ray uh, has no control over the FBI. One thing that I've learned from dealing with Grassley's whistleblowers is that this is an, a, an organization in disarray. No one has confidence in leadership at the top. You have bureaucrats, deep state bureaucrats who are running the show. They're partisan. They want to get Donald Trump. Uh, they don't care what Joe Biden does because Joe Biden can be controlled. So we have issues with the FBI, but my investigation is about following the money. We're going to continue to follow the money. And Maria, I can assure you there's more money that we're going to be able to identify that, that was transferred between foreign nationals in other countries and the Biden family. This is going to be hard for Joe Biden to explain, and it's not going to go away. This is going to be an issue. And I think eventually the mainstream media will, will turn on Joe Biden and start asking the real questions. What did your family do to receive all this money? What number are you up to now? How much have you identified of the money he's taken in from foreign we have more bank. We have more bank records coming in, but I, but we're going to exceed 10 million this okay. week. Right. And I think we'll get up between 20 and 30 million dollars. Okay. 20 to 30 million dollars is what they he expects to see this week. It already exceeds 10 million dollars. Wow. Now, I told you I'd be bouncing all over the place, but check out this uh, truth from President Trump yesterday, Saturday, June 17th. It's short and sweet. Crooked Joe Biden pressed deranged Jack Smith to do this fake indictment on me in order to take the pressure off the fact that they caught Joe Biden stealing $5 million, and that's just the beginning. Thank you very much. We don't generally see President Trump being so succinct and short to the point. I, like President Trump, we tend to be verbose, but he is right to the point there. Crooked Joe Biden pressed deranged Jack Smith to do this fake indictment on me in order to take pressure off the fact that they caught Joe Biden stealing $5 million. And that's just the beginning. That's because we got the other day, like I said, that this number is up to uh, $10 million because there is a newly discovered evidence that came out on Friday that ties Hunter Biden to a bank Burisma-linked bank account in Malta and the $10 million bribe from Burisma owner uh, Lojewski. Lojewski paid $5 million bribe each to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden to halt investigations into Burisma and Hunter Biden's role at Burisma. And now this newly discovered Maltese bank account is linked to that $10 million Burisma officials a bribe. <clears throat> Folks, there's so much news coming out. It's crazy. So that's the 10 million. President Trump says 5 million. Now it's like we got, uh, well, I guess, yeah, 5 million, right? That's Joe Biden's half of it. And we got Comer saying 20 to 30 million when they're all set, when all said and done to the Biden crime family. But once again, I draw your attention to what President Trump said here. What we all know, isn't it interesting how the day that we get the details of the $5 million bribe from Joe Biden is the same day that we get the news of the indictment of President Trump. Or I think that uh, Representative Mace 
put it best when she said this. Thank you so much. I want to bring in South Carolina Republican Representative Nancy Mace. She worked on Trump's 2016 presidential campaign and in 2021 voted against impeaching Trump in relation to the Capitol assault, but she did not uh, condemn his actions. Congresswoman, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I want to ask you, did you read through the whole 49-page indictment? I, I absolutely did. Uh, I try to educate myself on what's actually happening, but I have to be honest with you. And I, I'm someone, I've had my ups and downs with Donald Trump over the years. We've had, that's been very public, but I just can't get beyond the fact that the precedent for how we handle classified information was first set when the DOJ and the FBI decided not to indict Hillary Clinton, who had a private server, who had classified information on that server, server who obstructed justice. Was wasn't even president, wasn't even a former president, but was, a, was going to be a presidential candidate. And that was the precedent that was I've set. Heard. Well, I, I will say today, when I watch what's happening in this country, the FBI had access to all those boxes in every single room, and the precedent was set under Clinton that she would not be in that. I think it's worthwhile to have a conversation about how we handle classified information post-presidency. I think that is a worthwhile debate, because we want to protect our nation's secrets, okay? I want to get that off the bat. But the precedent was set under Clinton. She had a private server. I can't think of anything more willful than hiding a server in your bathroom in your home. I can't think of anything more willful than using hammers on your own telephone, cell phone devices, and your iPads to obstruct justice and then to be let off. And so if that's the standard, then it should apply to everyone, including Donald Trump. Then you had Mike Pence, who had classified documents in his home. Then you had Joe Biden, who had classified documents spread across the country in different boxes, including unsecured in his garage. If, he, if Trump's going to be indicted, so too then should be Joe Biden. I also can't get beyond the fact that, that every time we find corruption, evidence of corruption on Joe Biden, Donald Trump gets indicted. I mean, that's what I see just as an everyday American, as someone who hasn't seen eye to eye with Donald Trump, and that's how we're going to operate. I don't think it's the right way, and I think it's shameful what's happening. Today. So we had President Trump say, Crooked Joe pressed deranged Jack Smith to do this fake indictment on me in order to take the pressure off the fact that they caught Joe Biden selling $5 million. And then you have Representative Mace say she finds it interesting that every time we find evidence of corruption on Joe Biden, Donald Trump gets indicted. Well said. And that audio, folks. Um, that she had in the interview there with Nora O'Donnell on CBS. That's just how the audio was. There was a lot of background noise. They even comment on that uh, in the interview. But yeah, everything's a cover-up, folks. We are now in 2023, a full-blown banana republic. How about that, folks? How about that? All right, let me uh, cover some other stories. I told you that these wouldn't necessarily be in order, but I found them to be interesting. Uh, the Music Hall of Williamsburg in New York City has canceled the Blexit event of Candace Owens because they say that Candace Owens, a black woman, is engaging in hate speech and homophobia. Now, of course, Blexit is the movement and organization created by Candace Owens encouraged black Americans to leave the Democrat plantation, thus the black exit. That's Blexit. 
also the black Latino exit. I went to Candace Owens' inaugural Blexit event in Los Angeles several years ago. I took my children. It was a, a Sunday. We went after church. It was great. We got to meet her, uh, Officer Tatum, uh, David Harris Jr., Anomaly. Uh, also, there was Larry Elder and Coulter, several other people. Um, Mike Cernovich was there. So it was an interesting event for me to go with uh, my children um, as well. That was uh, Junior, Junior Rent. Or was it Junior number two? Wow. I think I took all my kids, actually, now I think about it. So anyway, so that was uh, that was a uh, interesting thing that happened. So according to the organization's uh, website, Blexit is a movement to drive traditional American principles into urban communities across the United States of America to promote economic independence, individual freedom, strengthen the nuclear family, and foster a deeper appreciation for patriotism and black American culture. We focus on shifting the culture as well as educating and uplifting minority Americans through educational programs and acts of community service. And that is being called hate speech and homophobia. Because, of course, if you are, like I said earlier in this episode, it's a satanic plan to get rid of God's plan for children to be happy in families. God wants his children to be raised by a mommy and a daddy. He did that from the very beginning. Adam and Eve. Remember the old joke back in the days, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. It's not homophobic to want traditional families. Folks, the detriment to the black community has been the destruction of the black nuclear family. But it's hate speech and homophobia. See, see, when it comes to homophobia, homophobia, transphobia, every other BS phobia, if you do not celebrate, live, and encourage a lifestyle that makes you phobic, according to them. So we really should be calling them Christian phobic, freedom phobic, liberty phobic, if we were to go by their standards. Now, the sad thing is this happened on Wednesday, just three days before the event was supposed to occur. The venue announced on Instagram that they would not be allowing Blexit to rent the venue. Isn't that totally passive-aggressive BS soy boy weakness? That was to take place uh, on Saturday with Charlie Kirk and Brandon Tatum. Oh, I also met Charlie Kirk at that first event as well. Isn't that interesting? Three days before, and they put it, uh, the music hall put it, uh, Williamsburg put it on their um, Instagram. The June 17th Blegs event no longer taking place at Music Hall of Williamsburg. The event organizers present themselves as a nonprofit organization dedicated to the advancement of urban and minority com- communities when they requested to rent the, uh, reven- the, the, the venue. It has come become abundantly clear to us that in actuality, this organization provides a platform for hate speech and homophobia which the Bowery presents, will not tolerate, and we have canceled their rental contract. This event will not take place in our venue. Now, according to the director of Blexit, Pierre Wilson, he told Breitbart News that the venue knew it was a right-wing organization when the event was booked. He said the woman helping them with the event let us know straight up that she leans a little bit left, but insisted that she was 100% supportive of providing a platform for everyone and that she believed all voices should be heard. 
Now, Blexit provide the women with shows and YouTube videos to help explain who they are and what they do. They knew exactly who we were coming in, the Blexit director added. Something was good. We signed a contract. Unfortunately, the venue staff began to get cold feet over a leftist anti-Blexit flyer posted to social media. She claimed that there were safety concerns, but spoke to Turning Point USA's head of security and everything seemed to be okay. And then a few days later, after receiving pressure from artists who play the venue and left-wing activists, the event was canceled. Charlie Kirk, you know, he's a white male, so according to the left, uh, he's just racist from birth. Absolutely ridiculous. You know what's really funny, folks? Well, let me just read this this, uh, Charlie Kirk uh, tweet. Outrageous. A bunch of white liberal New Yorkers just canceled a Blexit Turning Point USA venue for an event featuring Brandon Tatum, Candace Owens, Anthony Davis, and Yuanmi Park, three black Americans and one North Korean defector with less than three days notice. Our event will go on uh, as planned at a new M- uh, venue. We will not let the radical left terrorize us and win. We'll see you in New York City tomorrow. Please let the Music Hall of Williamsburg Bowery presents no, you don't appreciate their intolerance toward black and brown Americans. But it's okay to be intolerant to black Americans if they are not on the Democrat plantation. Now, what I was going to say previous to reading that tweet from Charlie Kirk is I've got this, I've got this ridiculous thing my my entire life, adult life since I'm, I'm actually my entire life that that you're secretly white, right? Because if you know my story, I didn't become a hardcore constitutionalist and lover of conservative, political conservative values because I was raised Christian with conservative moral principles. But I became politically conservative as a freshman at UC Berkeley. I was already a Democrat and they forced me off the Democrat plantation by opening my eyes to the evils of Marxism. But my, my whole life... Since I, I came to California, I've had people say, oh, James, don't you you just wish you were white. Because I've always been a free thinker. My parents brought me up this way. I re- Actually, I remember when I was back in, when I was back in New York City, my cousin Mark and I, like we loved heavy metal. We loved heavy metal. And it was just funny, like people would make fun of us. Like, my cousin Mark just loved um, Kiss. Who else did he turn me on? He he liked to listen to Kiss, Ronnie James Dio, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, and then when I became when I when I moved to California, I was exposed more to Led Zeppelin. Um, and then you know in in uh, I, I would say seventh or eighth grade, I was thirteen or fourteen, so like Metallica, I skateboarded, and I bodyboarded, and I played basketball, and I listened to hip hop. But because I wasn't in that one little box, some people say like, "Oh, what's your, you know, who do you like?" Oh, I love De La Soul. Uh, I love Wu Tang Clan. These are things I would say in in high school and what have you. But the minute they they uh, learned that I I skateboarded and, uh, and and liked punk music and went to a punk show or a ska show the weekend before, oh, James, you just want to be white. Why am I mentioning this? Well, first of all, I love you, my my white brothers and sisters. But God made me brown. And I'm happy to be brown. I'm happy the way God made me. God made you white. Be happy that you're white. Just God gave us variety. We have Cocker Spaniels and we have Pitbulls and we have Dogo Argentinos. Okay, Dogo Argentinos is one of my favorite dogs. But some people like the ankle biter types. 
my mom loves carnations is not a rose fan my wife loves roses over carnations so you know we, we don't all like the same things that's okay now going back to Charlie Kirk I don't I've never wanted to be white especially now I would never I mean I've never wanted to be a, a white person because I've always been happy who I am I'm just it's how I am just maybe I'm different than a lot of other people but I'm, this is why God made me. Maybe a short black guy. I'm happy with that. That's why God made me. It's a big deal. Don't wish I was white. And I'll tell you right now, I especially don't wish I was white. A white male is guilty of every crime just for being a white male. Oh, but Candace Owens is a racist. As she's married to a black, uh, excuse me, a white British man. These people are freaking ridiculous. Freaking ridiculous. Anyway, they uh, they held it at the triplex in Long Island City. The true racism, I've said this over and over and over again, comes from the left. If they don't like what you have to say, they will not, <clears throat> they'll scream at you then they'll call you names, and then they'll, they'll silence you. And it's continuing to happen to President Trump. The Department of Justice on Friday filed a motion to keep classified documents that will be used at Donald Trump's upcoming trial out of his hands. And they made a movement to, to silence Trump so he will be unable to speak out on case materials under potential new order. They're trying to silence and gag President Trump as well. These are the same evil spirits that occupied the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees and Sadducees at the time of Jesus where they had a secret trial and they crucified our Lord. The same evil deep state, they have always existed, whether it was in ancient Jerusalem or 2023 United States. By the way, just in case some dumbass out there misconstrues what I'm saying, this is not an anti-Semitic statement. Jesus was a Jew. By the way, Jesus had all kinds of blood running through his veins, of course, because he's the savior of all mankind. Yes. If you guys want me to do a, maybe I should do a Sunday special one time. A, a, a more of a rigorous, not a, a not, not a religious thing, but it was great information about how Jesus literally represents the the entire world. He is the savior of all mankind. Whether you are white, black, Hispanic, Asian, etc., and he had multinational, multiracial, multiethnic blood running. Through his veins. We'll save that for some other time. The point is. There's not an anti-Semitic statement. To say that the deep state of the time of Jesus. Had him crucified. The deep state of today. Is going after. Truth seekers. Truth speakers. And truth defenders. Like yours truly. Candace Owens. President Trump. My Catholic brothers and sisters, 
speaking out against abortion and other evils. Always trying to silence President Trump. Now, of course, if you talk about George Soros, doesn't mean that you're anti-Semitic. So let's talk about uh, George Soros. Check this out. Let me just give you this quote. There's a man who would be able to make peace, but the Soros empire is attacking Donald Trump with all its might. There's a man in the West who would be able to end this war and make peace. That man is Donald Trump. That's the Prime Minister of Hungary, Viktor Orban. He said that in his weekly interview on Hungarian radio, Hungarian radio on Friday. By the way, it is my goal to visit Budapest before the end of the year. I'd like to somehow be able to swing that. Hungary would be interested in seeing an advocate of peace at helm in the United States. He said the pro-war camp are attacking President Trump with full force. That's why you get nowadays if you're on the side that's what you get nowadays if you're on the side of peace. Keep on fighting Mr. President, the world needs you, the world needs peace. Folks, we're living in time of unprecedented evil. Now, check this out. This is uh, from Dan the Man Bongino. So the craziest thing happens yesterday. We did this show about George Soros, uh, how he hands down his influence to his son, Alexander, this multi-billion dollar enterprise, and how the son is saying, shockingly, Alexander Soros is saying, I'm even more political than my dad, George. And the weirdest thing happens yesterday. My website, BonginoReport.com, which is the conservative alternative to the now fully liberal Drudge Report, gets hit, I didn't tell you guys this, by a massive DDoS attack. Had us down, if you had trouble getting on BonginoReport.com yesterday, for like three or four hours, we were under just relentless assault. I do not believe it was an accident. Weird. As a, a, yeah, weird, right? A congressman friend of mine, a good one, texted me and said, you must be over the target on something. So I'm really sorry if you went to Bongino Report yesterday. And had a, it, it worked, but it was just really slow because all of these bots were trying to pull our website down. It was a massive attack. Bongino had even announced before that he was going to be reporting on uh, George Soros. He tweeted out something. I, I can't find the tweet now. Maybe I saw it on Truth Social. But it was something like, yes, I'm going to be talking about George Soros on today's program. No, that doesn't make me um, anti-Semitic. If you go by the left's definition, that also, then that makes them anti-Christian or something like that. But anyway, before he actually did that segment, he had tweeted out that he would be talking about George Soros and that they wouldn't stop him. So what do they do? They attack his website. And I feel a cough attack coming on right now. So let me end this Father's Day edition. I will be back tomorrow. I'm feeling pretty good. I think we'll uh, Monday's edition 
will be normal as usual. Thank you, everyone, for your great support. Thanks for all of you who are uh, paid subscribers and supporters. This show would not be possible without you. We are not on YouTube, but they're not silencing us. And we are much appreciative of your support so that we can continue reporting this news to you. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless. And to all my fathers out there, happy Father's Day. And thanks for stepping up and doing your God-given duty of being a patriarch, a leader, a provider, and a defender of your family, your faith, and this country. Ciao.